What's happening? And welcome into the That Being Said podcast with the Jarjour brothers. Today, it's a great day, George, because we're talking NFC and AFC championships. And this is brought to you guys by the Sports on Tap. And I'm the co-host, Sammy Jarjour. And I'm George Jarjour. And uh, welcome in on this post-divisional round, man. Uh, It's Martin Luther King Day. A lot of the nation is, uh, you know on vacation we're not we're here recording and direct from the sound hub sammy how's it going today doing well uh i want to here's a question to start podcast non-sports related george do you consider a day off a vacation day or is that just a day off three-day weekend you said most of the country's on vacation do you think most countries on vacation or do they consider that a day off I mean, it's vacation day. I mean, okay, I guess it depends on your definition, right? If you think a vacation means you have to go somewhere, take a trip, then it's a vacation. If not, it's a day off. You can vacation at home sometimes and be like, I'm taking a vacation at home. You know, I think we found the answer, George. I think it's a vacation day. You said they're on vacation. I think it's right there in the middle. It's a vacation yeah, it's day. A, but you're right. It's a day off, basically. Yeah. But a va- or vacation day, I just I just wouldn't say they're on vacation. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> At least for me. Um, well, we're talking some uh, some of the divisional round playoffs and moving forward to the AFC championship. And I think the best way to get going with this, George, is let's just be honest here. Let's talk about the Rams-Packers first. That was the first game of the weekend. And yep. I would say the worst game of the weekend. Yeah, I mean... Look, they didn't really seem like they had a chance. It's kind of we felt like the Green Bay Packers were going to win that game, and in general, Sammy, like <laughs> that was it. Kind of felt like out of all the teams, like the Packers and Rams game, it didn't feel like the Rams were supposed to be there in general. Like it felt like the Packers were supposed to be there later on. Cleveland, Kansas City felt like that should be the matchup. Every game felt like it was meant to be matched up with each other. This one just felt like a regular season game and like the Rams or even a first round playoff game where the Rams barely snuck into the playoffs and they just got there to get their ass kicked. And that's kind of what happened. And Jared Goff, I know people say, oh, you look at his stats. I think he was like 24 for 29 for 200 something yards, but it was five yard out, five yard out, five yard out. There was no dynamicness to that. I don't know if that's because of the thumb injury, or is he just going to be done? It didn't seem, seem like after the game, even Sean McVay was non-committal, but he's just entering the second year of a five-year, hundred million, hundred eleven million dollar guaranteed deal next year. He has four more years left on a guaranteed contract, so that's all on the books. I don't know what the Rams can do. It kind of feels like a Todd Gurley situation from last year, where everyone's like, "Oh, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine," but really, it's not. Yeah, I'm going to start with part one there, which is. It's uh, they didn't feel like they should be there, and that's it's. There's only been two games like that this whole playoffs, I would say, and that was the Washington versus Tampa Bay game. It yes. felt kind of like that, where it's like, okay, they kind of chipped around and stayed in it because both teams do have great coaches, and Ron Rivera and with mm-hmm. uh, Sean McVay, so they they stay in the game, they play well, but they're not really supposed to be playoff teams. The Rams played a Seahawks team that I would have probably, no matter how bad we think that they played or that they actually did play it which is our home team, uh, I think eight out of 10 times in that playoff game, the Seahawks would probably end up victorious. Um, I think it was kind of a fluke win, but 
you know, no, I guess no win in the playoffs of fluke, but it was one of those right. where you just, they played one of their worst possible games while the Rams probably had their best possible scenario. I mean, no offense to <laughs> the quarterbacks out there, but I think the Seahawks almost bit themselves in the foot by when they hurt Walford, whatever his name is, and Goff played okay. Um, I don't think the Rams are done with Jared Goff. And uh, there's a reason that, you know, I'm going to talk about this quickly because I really want to talk more about Rodgers and the Packers team. But I think with Jared Goff, it reminds me of this Carson Wentz situation, reminds me of Jimmy Garoppolo situation. There's a lot of teams that are like kind of done with their quarterback. And you mentioned the biggest thing. You can't really be that done with your quarterback when they have a four years or five years left. Like Jimmy Garoppolo still has time on his contract. Carson Wentz, Jared Goff. Like I know you don't love them as your quarterback, but they have time on their contract. So at the end of the day, there's no stopping what's going on unless there's somebody that truly believes in them enough to take on that contract. But outside of Carson Wentz, I guess, why would somebody take Jared Goff or why would somebody go get, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo unless it's maybe Bill Belichick, right? But there's no, it'd be hard to move on because uh, who, who, who's going out on the limb and just being like, you know what? Like, Let's not trade for Deshaun Watson. Let's trade you don't, for Jared you don't, Goff. You don't want to pay $111 million to Jared Goff? Derek Goff? I don't even know who that is. Jer- I said Jared Goff. Ooh. I didn't say Derek Goff. Jared Goff. For you don't want to pay that money, man? Come on. It's a bargain well, I mean, these days. Deshaun, Deshaun Watson's out there for possible trade. And so unless – this is where – I mean, any team that's in need of a quarterback is going to be – selling the farm for Deshaun Watson right now, right? So right, I think course. that's probably more of the, the the teams that people should be talking about. Like the quarterbacks, obviously the Texans are going to move off because they're going to get the right pieces. Now, you're unless you're like a Bill Belichick and you're like, okay, you know what, Jared Goff, I could get him on like a broken dollar right now basically, and maybe I can make it work. That's your only chance. But at the end of the day, I'm going to take a guess, George. And I think you'll be – I think you'll agree with this. Out of – Let's say what what quarterbacks went out. Forget Watson because he's going to get out because he's a star. But let's talk about like let's just say Garoppolo, Wentz. Well, they they don't want Jared out. Goff. I mean, you know what I meant. I think you know what I meant. Okay. Yeah, the the ones that are allegedly done with or whatever. Goff, Garoppolo, Wentz. Let's just say those three. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go out on a limb and guess, and I think you'd agree with this guess that at least two out of the three will be stuck, whether it's by choice or not, with the team that they're already on. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, let's just uh, – I don't want to go too far on this conversation because, I mean, I think it's all speculative. But I, Jimmy Garoppolo, he's going nowhere for because yeah. in general, like as much as you might say, oh, Jimmy Garoppolo is no good, not you. I'm just saying people in general. Jimmy Garoppolo sucks. I mean, we saw them go 14-2 and with Jimmy Garoppolo healthy. I mean, we saw him this year be one of the worst teams in football without Jimmy Garoppolo, and that's because Jimmy Garoppolo is a serviceable quarterback versus a quarterback like – uh, Nick Mullins, who's not a serviceable quarterback. I mean, there's a big drop-off between a starting quarterback who's average to below average and a backup quarterback. And I think that's where people get stuck, right? Like Jared Goff, cool. Yeah, maybe the Rams and Sean McVay don't want to commit to him long-term, but where are you going to go? I mean, you're, you're not going to go to John Wolford. There's a reason John Wolford's LinkedIn profile was a um, a – what was he a financial advisor? Um, yeah, whatever it was. And they're not ago. they're not going to Blake Bortles either. <laughs> That's their they're not going true. to Blake Bortles, I'm, who drives a Tesla now. Fun fact: he said he drove a Tesla. You you heard about that story, right? You know why he drives a Tesla now? I don't know why. 
because he said he thought if he went to an electric car, it'd help him stop uh, chewing tobacco because he would always stop at the gas station to fill up his car and then he'd just buy uh, chewing tobacco. So he said if he doesn't have to stop at the gas station, maybe he drops his chewing tobacco habit. Now, I don't know if he dro- dropped his chewing yeah, tobacco habit. That would work is it, the question. But it's, it's a good strategy. I wish I had that like problem. Like, man, I think I'm going to buy a $150,000 car so I can quit a bad habit. Yeah, like you know, I uh, I always buy chips at the damn gas station. So you know what? I'm gonna buy a Tesla, so I don't have to go to the gas station. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna uh, lose. How are you gonna lose weight, George? Oh, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna buy a Tesla. So I don't chip. I'll get the gas station at a.m. p.m. I'm, every single time I stop. I'm gonna just there. take a guess that the Tesla is not what has. I, I'm gonna guess that 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 hasn't helped. That's what I'm going to think too. I, I would say, I, I would wonder. I wonder if there's some stories we can do more back search. I wonder if he quit or not. But anyway, the point is, like, yeah, Blake Bortles is not going to be the starting quarterback. Before you move uh, on, I'm telling you what the main headline is there. Your main headline was basically Do Teslas stop you from bad gas station habits? Yeah, man, that should be like the mar- marketing. I'll, I'll, I'll add Elon Musk this week. Be like, hey, man, yeah. uh, I got good marketing strategy for you yet. Yeah. Get rid of those bad gas stations. There are good habits at gas stations, by the way. Like some people don't chew gum enough and they have bad breath. And every time they stop at the gas station, they might buy a pack of gum. That that's I guess that's fair, but uh, I don't. But there's think a lot more. I bad. Think if, no, no, I got to say this. If I think if you if you think that buying gum is the way to to fix your bad breath, I think that's a problem. I think there's there's other that's things you can br- do. Maybe, maybe br- brush, your, brush teeth, your teeth, floss, go to the dentist, yeah, things like that. Eat better um, food. I, I want to get to Aaron Rodgers though, because Blake, I, yes. these quarterbacks, whatever. The only one that I could actually see leaving is Carson Wentz because they actually have Jalen Hurts and they really seem to like dislike him. But you never know. Uh, let's get to Aaron Rodgers because I think we went too long on this damn Rams team that was, as we called them, the only team that felt like they shouldn't have been there. Shouldn't uh, even be there. Yeah, Rodgers. Um, you know, I think this game was whatever, right? Like we said, I'm not even really concerned about this game. I just think he's getting, he's now going to be in a very interesting situation, which we're going to get to obviously probably at the end of this podcast here when we talk about the next next week game. Um, he's going to be in this very interesting spot now where if, you know, he has an opportunity, this is, this is probably his best opportunity to add to his legacy. And the reason it would add to his legacy is because, we're talking about a guy that he has only won one Super Bowl, and that's kind of not enough for a guy that we want to consider like a, you know, uh, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, who only has one, you know, all these top guy scenarios. That's really hard to do when you only have one Super Bowl. So Aaron Rodgers is going to be a very interesting place here this year to try to sneak himself forward and get back in this conversation of like, how good really is he? Because Manning only had one. Manning got a, got a second, but his second was at a weird time. It was during a time of uh, having a really good defense. And I think for Manning, a lot of people, you know, you know he has two Super Bowl rings, but you discredit some of it because of the defense kind of carried him to one. He wasn't like the guy. Rodgers might win MVP this year, and if he can get to a place – where he can go f- to win an MVP and beat Tom Brady next week, Aaron Rodgers really moves up in his legacy. 
Well, I missed most of that because my internet went bad, Sammy, as you know. And I don't know why my internet's going so slow right now. I got I only tried to look up some stats, but that didn't work out. So now I froze. But anyway, the favorite, point Dork. is no more looking up stats. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to have my my stats guy uh, do it for for me, Sammy. Me, yeah. Well, what stat <laughs> you want to look at? Because you're still glitchy well, I, right now, so I don't want you to be yeah. searching over there. Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to search. I have no other windows open either, just, you know, just an FYI. And I have only one screen connected, so I don't know why it's doing this. But anyway, the point is here, Sammy. Um, I wanted to know what Aaron Rodgers' stats were for that game because it didn't, like, watching that game in general, it did not feel like Aaron Rodgers really dominated the game. I actually didn't feel like any quarterback this week dominated any game. Um but I did catch the end of everything you were saying there. And I mean, this is kind of a big question that I kind of wanted to actually discuss with you when we, you know, maybe we'll keep it either for now or after the Tampa Bay game, but you kind of brought it up. What, who means more for this game, right? Like Aaron Rodgers legacy or Tom Brady's legacy coming up. Okay. I mean, wait, before we get there, I mean, are, are you trying to get the stats of this game or are you trying to move on from that? Cause I have the stats for you. There's yeah, two I mean, huge topics. So <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, I know. There, I mean, the stats to the game is not to me is not that big of a topic. I just kind of wanted to look it up because I wanted. What are they? Just tell me it because it's like just from he played my, great. He was twenty three for thirty six for three hundred yards and two touchdowns. No picks, no sacks. Okay, no sacks even. Wow, that see, but it just didn't feel like it watching the game, right? I felt like they, he played a perfect game. It just didn't feel like anything popped off the screen because he didn't have to. I mean, the throws popped off the screen. I just don't feel like it was like, oh man, like if that was a fantasy game, it's a pretty good fantasy game. It's not a five yeah. touchdown, like, yeah. you know. But like, you know, he didn't have to. The, at the end of the day, um, and I think we can move off from this pretty quick because I think the most important conversation is going to be we get to next weekend here um, for these AFC and NFC championships games is at the end of the day, I don't think any quarterback this week, George, really popped off the screen. Uh, I think the only one you could say is potentially Josh Allen. Um, and even oh, him... didn't I, even really pop off the screen. Yeah. So I think him and... I think the connection between him and Diggs pops off the screen sometimes. But I think outside of that, you know, it's not like Josh Allen had five touchdowns. I think you had... It, I mean, Tom Brady, as good as he looks for a 43 year old, he also is, he didn't have numbers that like popped off the screen either. And neither did breeze. Neither did Rogers. Neither did uh, Lamar Jackson. Baker Mayfield honestly looked at like maybe one of the better quarterbacks this weekend. He also didn't have stats that popped off the screen. So I think at the end of the day, we're in an interesting era where there's a lot of good quarterbacks, but there's not, you know, with the lack of fans and just the weird way this year is working. I just don't think we, I'm not that shocked that we haven't seen like a, masterful five touchdown no pick performance from anybody so far this playoffs yeah no absolutely but yeah i mean should we just kind of get into it i mean we all know tampa won the game i, I wanted to bring up that question because i heard what you said at the end of everything you were going at there well this game is a legacy game right i mean i don't know if you know this do you know what aaron Rodgers is oh and three in his last three nfc championship games it yeah. hasn't really looked fantastic in any of them. Um, there was the one in Seattle, which today is the anniversary of in 2015. It was on my Today in Sports where they blew a, what was it, 19-12 to lead in, with, un- yeah. with just over two minutes left. There was a game after problem that. The problem with I that think, one is 0% Aaron Rodgers' fault. I mean, it was a I mean, you put up only 19. Goal. You only put uh, up I mean, 19 points. Okay. And you don't get the first down at the end of a game. And you throw that pick. Aaron Rodgers did. Uh, I mean, um, George, the the chances of a fake 
mm-hmm. field goal touchdown to an offensive lineman. And then on top of that, shortly after a onside kick bouncing off the top of somebody's helmet. That, I mean, I don't, I understand. No, no, like, yeah, I understand it's not his fault. It's like, like Baker Mayfield the other day, on uh, yesterday. It's not his fault that the defense gave up, you know, a 19 yard run to Chad Henney. Now, if Baker put up another touchdown at some point, sure, that would have helped them win. But at the end of the day, there are some things that Aaron Rodgers, you know, against Seattle, uh, two two out of the probably two biggest main reasons they won they lost that game were not because of him. So no, no, of course not. But I mean, uh, anyway, that that's not the point. I mean, they put he had twenty two points the whole game, and I think one touchdown that game. So it wasn't like he was a masterful Aaron Rodgers performance. Then there was a one for some reason I'm forgetting what the second one is where he lost in the a- NFC championship Atlanta. game oh to the Atlanta Falcons and they got blown out in Atlanta that game was a absolute blowout and they got blown out last year against San Francisco at San Francisco um in general we haven't seen a I mean ever since he made it to the Super Bowl he's 0 3 in NFC championship games and it's kind of crazy he hasn't won a Super Bowl since 2009 or been in a Super Bowl since 2009 versus Brady on the other hand you know we all know the story he's been to six Super Bowls he's you know, he's never won an NFC championship game. Ha, ha, ha. Um, but this is his NFC cha- first Genesis championship game. <laughs> top five. Top five worst joke. It's like, okay, well, he hasn't been in the NFC. <laughs> like, the, ha, ha, like I, have to, I have to laugh out loud because it's... Because it's such a bad like, joke. Yeah, like, oh, no way. He hasn't? Rodgers has never yeah, won so- an AFC championship game. I know, fucking loser. Um, <laughs> but the point is here, what well, who does this mean more for, right? Like, I mean, it means a lot for both quarterbacks, obviously. But if it was, if it was you, who means more to win the NFC Championship this year? Is it Aaron Rodgers or is it Tom Brady? Well, before I mean, it could be I equal even, too, obviously. Yeah, before I even say that, I think that I can't say that without bringing up Drew Brees first, and there's a reason. Uh, first of all, the way Drew Brees went out against Tom Brady this week was embarrassing, uh, and not in a, like I feel bad, right? But it's embarrassing, like that potentially your last game against Tom Brady, which you kind of have, you kind of have a chance to cement some some good parts of your legacy. Your first ever playoff game against each other, and you beat Tom Brady. Instead, you throw three picks and kind of, I mean, the game that game was lost because of Drew Brees yesterday. Um, now the same guy, Drew Brees, who has records with Tom Brady, right? Even more, I guess, Drew Brees has even more records than Aaron Rodgers, right? He's 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 more storied almost than Aaron Rodgers, and they both have one Super Bowl, and that's the one thing that they have in common. You, if The reason this means so much more to Aaron Rodgers than it does to Drew Brees is because, I mean, than it does to Tom Brady is because, you don't want Aaron Rodgers to be on that same path that Tom Brady's on or that Drew Brees was on. And, you know, maybe three, four years from now, start getting old and end your career embarrassingly with never making it back to a Super Bowl, with never making it back to this opportunity to win again. Um, and I think we're getting closer and closer to that, even though Aaron Rodgers has a prime position to win a Super Bowl right now. Um, so this has to mean more probably to Tom to Aaron Rodgers because Tom Brady I mean what if they don't win it this year what does that mean he's won six Super Bowls and he took the seven and nine bucks to a, a NFC championship yeah you, you definitely see this as something that means much more uh 
to somebody like Aaron Rodgers because I think, you know, we see how hard it is to, to win again. You only have, you only have a couple guys that win multiple times and you have a lot of legends that have won zero, right? You got a lot of guys like Philip Rivers who never was able to get to one. Ben Roethlisberger won two, and, but it's rare. And Eli Manning won two and it's rare. And it took Peyton Manning till 40 something to win one, uh, 39, 40, whatever it is. Um, so I think at the end of the day, this means a lot more to Rogers for that reason. And George, we lost George again for a minute. So I'm going to, kind of recapped him what my point was. My point was the reason this means so much more to Aaron Rodgers, even though it means a lot to both of them, obviously, but it means so much more to Aaron Rodgers because you just saw what happened to Drew Brees. And that could be Aaron Rodgers in three or four years if Aaron Rodgers doesn't get back to another Super Bowl. It is really hard to win a Super Bowl. Guys like Phillip Rivers has been on great teams, can't win a Super Bowl. Big Ben, he's been on 20 years of great teams, got to 1-2. Um, you've seen a lot of guys. It took Peyton Manning, a great defense, him being broken to win his second. But you don't want to see Aaron Rodgers, or he doesn't want to be in a situation that Drew Brees is in this year. In five years, Aaron Rodgers is going to be like, I'm 41, and I still haven't gone back to another Super Bowl. And they are a spitting image of each other if that happens. So I think this means so much to Aaron Rodgers, especially after seeing what happened to Drew Brees this weekend. Yeah, I mean, that parallel between Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers you just made is interesting for me. But there's a difference, I think. Personally, I think Drew Brees, and I'm not saying Aaron Rodgers doesn't love football because he loves football, obviously. But I kind of feel like Aaron Rodgers is the type of guy, if he starts losing his fastball, I think he enjoys being really good at football. I don't know if he necessarily likes everything else that comes with. I think he loves having that rocket arm. I think he loves that he's mobile. I think he loves his physical skills a lot. And he relies a lot on his physical skills and mental, obviously. He's a very smart quarterback, which shows why he has the lowest interception rate in history of the NFL. But I don't think Aaron Rodgers is the type of guy who would hold on for one year too long. I could actually see Aaron Rodgers leaving one year too early rather than one year too late. I I just feel like he kind of knows – he knows – how to do this he knows how like all right my arm is starting to kind of you know be a little worse this is not as great i'm i think he would leave the game i I really do versus drew Brees, so i think just held on for one year too long i don't think i okay i just don't see aaron doing that personally i could be that's fair but he would still be a spitting image of drew Brees if he doesn't get back to i mean Man, Drew Brees. I mean, to be fair, Sammy, 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 I got to stop you right there. You know why? Because to be fair, you saw that. I My stream stopped and I missed everything you said. So I just only caught that last part. (laughs) Well, I mean, I'm just saying it's the same situation. I mean, at the end of the day, forget who likes football more, who it means more to. Forget how many years Rodgers has versus how many years Brees had, right? Rodgers is 38, I think. So, damn. He's he's only... Right. Well, let's see. How old is Aaron Rodgers? Aaron Rodgers' age is 37. He turns 38 this year. So next year he'll be 38. So you know how hard it is, George, to win a Super Bowl, right? We've seen mm-hmm. – I mean, even Russell Wilson won a Super Bowl. What was that, six years ago now? Yeah, and he's gotten only better, and he hasn't gotten another one. Payne Manning, it took a really bad quarterback <laughs> that he was at the time. He was almost like Drew Brees. There's not good anymore, but he had a legendary defense. Aaron Rodgers, forget about the legacy and who's better and who's more talented. Just in general, 
he could be what Drew Brees is in like three, four years. Just like the guy yeah. that never made it back, that never even made it to a second Super Bowl, never won a Super Bowl uh, for after 20 extra, you know, after 15 years of your first one. And so this one just means so much more to Aaron Rodgers for that reason. Like, I, I think they're like not on field, but just like legacy wise. First of all, Drew Brees actually has a lot more records and is more on the charts than Aaron Rodgers, right? So yeah. if they both end with one, so, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, I think everyone would agree is probably the better quarterback. Um, but this means a lot to Aaron Rodgers' fight for like, I don't want to throw the word goat because it's Tom Brady. Like, I don't, I don't know why anyone would argue that, but he, Aaron Rodgers is trying to fight into that top three or four quarterbacks of all time. And he's not that without a second Super Bowl. Yeah, I agree with that. But, but what you just said something that I really have to agree with. And then I'll tell you who I think this game means more for that goat conversation, man. Like I've seen this, like goat was trending yesterday on Twitter. So I clicked on it. It's like, Next Sunday, the Goat Bowl, Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady. And I don't know how the Twitter read like that. Like, I know Twitter doesn't have a voice, but that's kind of what I how I read it in my head. And I was like, this is not the Goat Bowl. <laughs> I'm sorry to tell you, the Goat is Tom Brady. Like, Aaron Rodgers is nowhere near the greatest of all time. Maybe he's the most talented of all time, if you want to call him that. But is he the greatest of all time? No, it's Tom Brady. So it's not the Goat Bowl. It's like, it's Tom Brady served versus father time maybe that's what they meant and um i think this game i'm with you 100 it means more to aaron Rodgers. tom brady could never go back to the super bowl ever again tom brady could get blown out in this game we know what tom brady's legacy is but i think with, with what you said is really important here is that aaron Rodgers has a chance to move into that upper echelon of the top 10 he's definitely a top 10 quarterback right now of all time but we're talking about trying to get on that mount rushmore of quarterbacks I also think like we're not, and I think one thing that you mentioned because you're talking about like the who likes football more, Breeze and all this. Forget who the like, forget who the guys are, right? Like in what they're mm-hmm. winning, whatever or like whatever their top ten. We're just talking about legacy, right? Like forget right, the right. goat ball. Okay, cool, the goat ball, whatever. You can think. I have nothing against the if you think that Aaron Rodgers is better than Tom Brady. I have nothing against that because he could like, be better than Tom Brady. Yeah, like th- that's why I don't care yeah. about that conversation. The 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 go bowl is such a stupid thing to say because, like, yeah, cool. You can think Aaron Rodgers is better, but like, he's not. I mean, like, you could think he's more talented. Yeah, I mean, you can think he's better, but you can't say he's the greatest of all time or in that conversation no. right now. Yeah, I, yeah, like this is. Uh, you, I mean, you could look me in the eyes right now, and I wouldn't call you crazy if you're like Patrick Mahomes is more talented than Tom Brady. I'd be like, maybe, but. Yeah. Is he going to win six Super Bowls? I don't know. So I you think at the end Muhammad, of the day, uh, do you tell me Mike Tyson had a better knockout punch and was better in his prime than Muhammad Ali? But Muhammad Ali is a goat. Sure. I mean, I don't know how to compare it to boxing. Quite technically, I don't know what I don't know how many heavyweight titles each have. Or well, I, question, I don't right? know that either. <laughs> but like, but I know no one. But people are always saying he's a goat, Muhammad Ali. That's what they say. Yeah. Well, we it, never watched. But, I guess the point is the point is here. Uh, for example, even a LeBron James in the NBA, he's at four rings and there's still, there's some people that I, I, I'd say at least four rings compared to Jordan six is at least inching closer where some people mm-hmm. have the argument. And if you still say six is better then you still say six is better. But like, I don't know how we can sit here and talk about a guy like Tom Brady of six championships. And then like Aaron Rodgers has one. Like, so it's and, like, and, and, and it's all during Tom Brady, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Like, same well same era but 
Aaron Rodgers is younger, so in his absolute prime, Tom Brady, they, he never even met Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. He can't yeah. even get to that point. And I think one thing people tend to always like bitch about is the fact that like Aaron Rodgers didn't have help in Green Bay. I, I, I think he's had some bad teams, but so has Tom Brady. I mean, Tom Brady, Bill Belichick is known for you know, not re-signing great players. <laughs> like, like they're literally known for that. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers did join the Green Bay Packers, which has been a historically amazing franchise, while Tom Brady right. took a historically laughed-at franchise. They were I know people think the Patriots are this great franchise. They didn't have a great history before Tom Brady. No, no, no. So, they don't. Um, Tom it Brady seems like we're on the same the page here, right? I mean, so you think yeah. this means more for Aaron? I think it means more for Aaron, but I think that <laughs> – this is the bigger stamp on football would mm-hmm. be Tom Brady winning. Because, I, like, I totally agree. Like, it would, like, looking back, we'd be like, holy crap, Tom Brady beat Aaron Rodgers when Aaron Rodgers was 37 and Tom Brady was 43 and he went to his Super Bowl again. If he wins it, we'd be talking about the year that he won seven Super, his seventh Super Bowl while Aaron Rodgers missed it again. So it'd mean more on the stamp of football, like Tom Brady even more undisputed. But what matters more for each person individually is Aaron Rodgers. Right. And I think right now you have an argument like who's the greatest American athlete of all time. And I think it's Jordan versus Tom Brady probably in the team sport aspect. Um, If Tom Brady gets a seventh Super Bowl and it's pretty known that it's harder to win Super Bowls than it is to win NBA championships because you have no room for error. You don't have a seven game series where if you kind of slip up, you have a chance. I mean, this is if Brady made the Super Bowl and won it, that'd be 10 Super Bowls, seven, uh, 10 Super Bowl appearances, seven Super Bowls in what? Uh, shit, 21 years. Yeah. So, I mean, over 50%, almost 50% of the time he's in the Super Bowl. Um, and I, I'm actually gonna have to disagree with what you said, because I think if you have to look at it right now, what you said kind of gave me the answer. What, who would be the greatest American athlete? No, I think it's Tom Brady, but I think it'd be like, it would be like no more dis- that I don't think there'd be much of a discussion at that point. Yeah. The reason I don't even think there should be much of a discussion right now is just to, you, you see where the game of football is compared to the game of basketball. And I'm a NBA junkie, but football is bigger. It's more important in America. It's the bigger sport internationally. Pro- uh, internationally could be close, but it is. It's a bigger sport in general. Football yeah. rules America, um, and you have. No, I totally, agree. I totally agree with yeah. you. I just and, think some people would make the argument the other side, but I think I agree. I think it'd be, I know. Yeah, forget what other people would say. I'm just telling you what I think. Like, I mean, I know other people would make the argument. It's just like I think people make stupid arguments sometimes. Like Aaron Rodgers, the goat bowl. No, it's not. I mean, Tom Brady, like you said, you have one game. Not, and it's not just in the finals, right, George? We're not talking about you have one game like uh, just in the finals. You have one game in each round. While in the NBA, you have five or seven. It was five, but you have five or seven games in each round, right? So it's like it's not even. I don't even it's it's almost just this remarkable feat that I don't think George, no matter what happens, will ever see again. And I, I think that was Patrick Mahomes included. I mean, for Patrick Mahomes to catch up to Tom Brady, even what he's 25 or 26, I mean, yeah. you'd have to go to six or seven Super Bowls in the next 14 mm-hmm. years. So almost every other year, does that even seem plausible? No, and we already kind of saw this weekend with the injury. Like football has so many factors where it can derail a championship journey. And I mean, he they they ended up winning the game. And well, I mean, this is a good transition to that game. 
because uh, of the Chad Henny, the Chad Henny Bowl. So if you want to call that the possible. Anything is possible. Um, yeah. So in general, like, yeah, that's why football is so hard. You can't, you can't have any slip ups. You can't lose a game and be like, all right, we'll get them on Wednesday night. Yeah. And Patrick Mahomes actually has a little bit of a tendency uh, in the last couple of years to have those little nagging injuries, you know, knock on wood, hopefully nothing like serious happens, but um, is that I real? Like what you knocked on? It is actually, uh, okay, I feel good. like making sure. Yeah. I only knock on authentic wood, George. I, um, I think that uh, we've seen over the last couple of years, it happened to Patrick Mahomes a couple of times. I feel like every playoffs, he's kind of dealing with something nagging, right? Yeah. So, uh, I'm trying to think in the playoffs. I don't know, but every season he's dealt with a nagging injury. Last year yeah, was always something. Always something. And Tom Brady's had one injury in his whole entire career. And he almost cut off his finger during that one playoff run too. But that's <laughs> a different story for a different day. Uh, before we move on to the Patrick Mahomes before we move on to the AFC in general, let's just do our quick, a quick thought on this uh, AFC NFC championship. Maybe we'll do one at the end of the week here, a full this podcast as well. on the previews, but early thoughts, George are, I wish it was the night game, but it's, it's the morning mm-hmm. game. Uh, uh, I think uh, the NFL wishes it was the night game as well, but they slotted uh, every season. They rotate back and forth yeah. between night and morning AFC NFC I, championship. I wish it was the night game. And I wish that, um, I kind of wish, I know this sounds, I don't know how to, I kind of hope that was a better word. I kind of hope that it's a snowing. I hope it's like one of those weird snow games in Lambeau. And I just want a shootout. Um, and I'm going to say this. I know everyone's a shootout will be difficult if it was snowing. Yeah, you never know though, actually. Tom Brady's yeah, I know. Been it's good. difficult. I didn't, playing, I didn't say it wouldn't happen. Just they be both play cold difficult. weather. Um, and I, you know, I think a lot of people I've, I've listened, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I watch a lot of TV shows, George. A lot of people are like the best bet this week is green Bay minus three. I don't know how many people I haven't heard anybody say the best bet is Tampa Bay plus three. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing that and last week, guess who was minus three? It was the saints. And mm-hmm. I have learned one thing. And my good friend, uh, Austin Lee said this to me yesterday before the game. He said, I know Tampa Bay's underdogs, but he's like, I've learned one thing over the last couple of years. Is never bet against Saban and never bet against Brady. And I don't know why everyone... It, it, it only took him the last few years to figure that one out. It was, he's off the... He's <laughs> pretty, I mean, I'm kidding. I, like, well, <laughs> actually, well, you just said that, George, as I just told you that every single person that does this for a living, including people I love, like Colin I Cowley, know, I know, I know. They, they think that the Packers are the right pick. The best bet, yeah. So, it, honestly, I'm in the boat that how can I bet against Brady? So, I mean, we can talk about this more, obviously, in our preview pod at the end of the week, but I just want to say, just consider this in the week while you're thinking about betting on the game, whether this is you or whoever's listening to this podcast right now, is just consider, do you really want to bet a bet against Tom Brady? And my answer, George, is no. Yeah, and I, I mean, I'm leading the Buccaneers here. One thing that I think people need to keep in mind is, yeah, they're going to Lambeau. Uh, yes, Tom Brady's been in Florida during this season. So, I mean, they joked after the broadcast, Aaron Andrews asked him about his uh, blood. Has it thinned? And is he, he said, yes, my blood has thinned being in Florida a little bit. So, yes, I get a little bit colder when we go to colder environments. But Tom Brady's spent the majority of his career in, in New England winning these night games in the snow, in the cold, in the winter. And second, he's not going in the wind. He's not going to Lambeau. He's going to Lamb. 
because the, there's only 10,000 fans and 5,000 fans. I'm not even going to end with a bow there. It's not the same as going to an 85,000. <laughs> How long have you been thinking of that one? I just made it up while I'm in the middle of the <laughs> sentence. He's going to a place with 10,000 fans, 8,000 fans. It's not the same as going to Lambeau Field with 85,000 fans and hearing them all say, go, pack, go, and hearing the drum line. They have the little drum line the whole entire time. Like, I just think it is not the same. Well, I'll tell you what the weather's supposed to be. It is supposed to be 28 and snowy. So it could it would be an interesting one. And I agree with you. I just don't think it's going to be the same as if we had a full crowd in Lambeau Field. And uh, I, that's, all, that's all I wanted to say before we move on because I know we're going to have a podcast about it. It's just like just, just did, have you learned your lesson yet to not bet against Brady or Belichick? And that's where I'm going to leave it at because and I could be wrong, of course, but until they prove me wrong, Oh, why bet against them, right? Yeah, I mean, I, mean I, bet, I bet on Alabama to win the national championship, and I'm going to bet on Tampa Bay once again like I did this weekend. And uh, I feel like that's just the way to do it. Yeah. Even though Aaron Rodgers is not always fun to bet against, too, because he's so it's not. fun to watch, too. He is. I, it's, I mean, I'm very excited for this game. I couldn't be happier with this matchup. Um, the, I'm Actually, if you want to bet with us, though, let me just throw that out there. If you do want to bet with us, you can go to bet us. Dot com. That was a good one. Uh, it's betus.com and use the promo code the sports on tap and you'll get 125% bonus, AKA you put in a hundred bucks, you get 125 bucks in free bet money. Bada bing, bada boom. So go to betus.com and use promo code the sports on tap. All one word. And George, the only other game that I could have wished for. Okay. Now, I hope Patrick Mahomes plays because Brady, Brady Rogers, that's, that was like the, I'm a Seahawks fan, but outside of that, it's obviously the optimal game you want there. Um, I hope Patrick Mahomes is playing because Alan Mahomes is fun, but I thought on the other side, it would have been really fun if we had Rogers Brady on one side and then Buffalo Cleveland on the other side, we didn't get that. Cause that would have just been, it'd been like the polar opposites. Like, this is the winning standards over there, like the like the legends versus Cleveland right. Buffalo. But we got, like you said, anything is possible. Pulled through for the Chiefs, and uh, let's talk about that game briefly. I mean, yeah, let's let's start there. I, I got I, here's something, and I've been I, I'm I'm a prisoner of a moment, Sammy. So I did this too before everyone on the. Oh, don't worry, Patrick Mahomes is going to play. I do think he's going to play in pass concussion protocol, but I did a little bit more research and to figure out what exactly is concussion protocol in the NFL. So they don't actually have the team doctor examining him. They have an independent neurologist who uh, has to pass him, and he has to, he's like, yeah, and he goes through the NFL and works like not for that. He doesn't work for the NFL. Sorry. He has nothing to do with the NFL. It's an actual doctor. They have to go to that has nothing to do with the NFL. Who's going to be um, examining Patrick Mahomes. And he's the one who has to clear him to play. So now do I think Patrick Mahomes will be cleared to play? Yes. It seemed like um, from all accounts I read, he was likely to, he could uh, now he wasn't able to come back, but he did. He didn't fail the concussion protocol by a lot. Like it was like one of those, on the edge, they weren't sure if he was good enough to come back or not good enough to come back. But it's not like that. It's not the Kansas City Chiefs doctor who's going to go in there and uh, just look at him and be like, two plus two, four, good to go. So there's a little bit more to it than just that. Yeah. Um, I think he's going to play regardless. Same here. 
Um, but I do know, like you said, it is, you know, it's not team doctors just to be like, all right, he's fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, it's not, Andy Reed is not going in there and being like, Pat, you fine. Yeah, yeah. I'm fine. All right. You're clear. Let's discuss two things here, George. One, um, it was kind of a dirty play and I feel like that I just heard that recently. And then now when I watch it, it kind of was like he, the guy didn't need to pull his neck after no. he was down. So it's kind of surprise. It was a concussion. It seemed like more like a neck injury at first, but I got concussed. Somebody said he had the wind knocked out of him, and on and what was it? Jay Glazer, a guy that I know me and you get annoyed of, but he did say something very interesting. He said it kind of looked like one of those choke holds in MMA, and he's yeah. like, when people get up, they're usually really dizzy if you get your neck cracked. But yeah. so he, he's like, it might. He actually loves to not- bring up his MMA. You know, he has an MMA studio, right? And they all play they all box it. Like I know he loves to bring that up. I just want to make sure he, you know, well, plug that. I mean, he doesn't bring it up when it has to do with head injuries. Usually, I think that this is actually yeah, a great point. Is that yeah. it was like a choke reverse, whatever. I don't know what they're called in MMA. He literally like just cracked Mahomes' neck on a little twist. Mm-hmm. And I think that might be it. And I think that's why everyone's kind of confused because I know Ian Rappaport tweeted today like uh, Patrick Mahomes is in concussion protocol despite not having a hit to the head. I'll explain. I didn't watch the whole video. But I think everyone kind of knows that it's maybe a concussion, but maybe more of just like a neck injury that caused Mm -hmm. the dizziness. But either way, I wanted to throw out one that's a dirty play. And number two is I'll start with this. I don't even want to talk about the fact that he's not playing because let me tell you, if Chad Henney's the starting quarterback, I promise you Buffalo's winning because yeah. I think Josh Allen's <laughs> is really good. They're and like a Buffalo will be it to the Super Bowl. So let's let's have this conversation with the thought and hope. And maybe it changes on Friday when we get to Friday, right? Maybe it changes um, and he's playing and or not playing. And we can talk about it that way. But let's just pretend Mahomes is playing. <laughs> okay, because I mean I think every we all not only want to assume he's playing probably all anyone outside of a Buffalo Bills fan, even, even though some of them probably would want him to play and say, we want to beat them full strength. Unless you, other than that, you're like, yeah, I, everyone wants him to play. Yeah. I mean, and at the same time though, um, I don't know if you heard about what Buffalo Bills fans were doing. Yeah. They were donating Jackson. money to Lamar Jackson, which was really cool to his, to his charity, not to Lamar himself. Yeah. He has, a good but I, you know, money. so Buffalo Bills fans, as much as, you know, they're probably, there's probably like that weird bad part of your brain. That's like, I'm so glad Lamar got hurt just for that day because you're like, that helps us. Um, you know, they, they were actually wildly supportive that I wouldn't, you don't really see from like fan bases, but Buff- Bills mafia is pretty cool. Yeah, um, I mean, everyone loves Bills fans and the Buffalo yeah. Bills. Like, I don't think – well, I've never heard of anyone like, you know what team I really hate? Unless you're a rival of them, but like the Buffalo Bills. Maybe you're a Jets fan, maybe. Yeah, or Jets fan. It, any an AFC East rival, yeah. just rivals. Um, but I guess, George, the one thing I want to mention, um, obviously from that Kansas City game that we're talking about was – and I – it was that Cleveland Browns team, right? And I want to go on a little rant for a second because this was something that I felt like wasn't talked about enough on the internet. And maybe that's just me. Um, and you brought up this point that, you know what, they did let Chad Henney go for a third and 19 run, right? Which is mm-hmm. probably more why they lost than the reason I'm about to bring up. But I was pretty disappointed with Kevin Stefanski. Um, I think the Cleveland coach should be the coach of the year. Because what he did with this Browns team that's been a major disappointment for many years, he's kind of he turned it around. He helped Baker turn around. Baker was looking like a guy we know don't know if he's gonna be re-signed with Cleveland, right? For the last two years. Like, like he's okay. And this year he came out and he played, he's played great, especially as they built chemistry. 
And he brought Cleveland back and he brought Baker back. But I think this game was lost a little bit because of his mentality, um, this game. And I think we saw this, the difference between him, George, and and even Mike Tomlin. Remember what Mike Tomlin did with that punt that kind of ended the game for the for the yep. Steelers? And that's what Kevin Stefanski did. I mean, there was four minutes left in the game, and you had one timeout because of a stupid challenge. Also, it was a bad challenge. Uh, one timeout left. And they threw two screen passes and then a running back screen pass, third down or fourth down and punted. I don't understand why you would punt in those scenarios when you would have had an opportunity to uh, you would have had an opportunity to go ahead and potentially win the game or potentially get yourself in a position to drive and win the game. Kevin Stefanski lost the game for the Browns by punting on that fourth down. And there was two coaches that did that this year so far. It was Mike Tomlin against the Browns and lost. The Browns against the Chiefs and lost. And then guess what Andy Reid did? The one coach that has nothing to lose, guess what he did instead of punting? Was go for it on that fourth down with a ballsy play, throwing the ball off Chad Henney and get that first down and it wins you the game. So as much as that third and 19 run bothered me a lot, obviously the Browns defense did not hold its end hold up its end at the end of the game here against Chad Henney, of all people. You can't play conservative football three minutes. Um, I saw Seahawks Twitter even talking about it. Like, just I saw somebody tweet, just to let you know, Pete Carroll would have done the same thing right there that Kevin Stefanski did. But it was frustrating, man. It's yeah. as a fan of the Browns and what they're building, and I love Baker Mayfield. I think against the Chiefs, you're going against Chad Henney there. I think you have to go for it or play more aggressive because you, you, you don't want to let Andy Reid, well, forget Patrick Mahomes being out, but you don't want to let Andy Reid have a chance to, you know, run a play that might win win the game. Well, two things. One, I kind of disagree with you there. Um, I think they had him where they wanted him. Third and eighteen. I, I'm not saying any. I would have went. <laughs> yeah, I, I, like, like I'm with you. I would have gone for it too. But it actually worked. You had third and eighteen of Chad Henney. Then you let him just blown assignment and just let him run around the field for 18 yards. If he got nine yards, ten yards, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen yards, they're punting the ball there. Yeah. And you're getting the ball back. Um, and then, you know, a, obviously a crazy play by the chiefs on fourth down. So I kind of blame the Chad Henney. I run more than anything else. I'm with you. I would have went for it, but I mean, God, he, he, his plan was probably like, all right, they have Chad Henney and they're like, okay, cool. We got him down third and 18. We got him right where we wanted. And then the Cleveland defense. At that moment, Stefanski was probably like, oh yeah, that I did the right thing. But I guess the, the problem George is Okay. So the problem is for me is, okay, yeah, the third and 18 is great, right? But then they give up the 18 yards. But now once you give up that 18 yards, it goes back to the fact that maybe I didn't make the right right choice in this situation, right? So unfortunately, just like everything else in football, I think coaching or any sport is, if it doesn't work, it's the wrong decision. If it works, it's the right decision. But I think at the end of the day, you at the end of the day, you knew with one timeout that two or three first downs – against the Chiefs offense. I don't care if Mahomes is in there or not. Andy Reid's one of the best coaches in the history of the NFL probably. And he, you know, they did exactly what I expected them to do is get a couple first downs, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, well, one first, two. No, two first downs. Two. Um, but my, my real question here is, Sammy, do you think Andy Reid would have actually done gone for it on fourth down if they didn't win the Super Bowl last year? Like, would you go no. that risky? Because no. I, I think he's playing with house money. They already won the Super Bowl last year. If they don't get it, like – I think that's a decision uh, where you could really, really look back and kick yourself like if you didn't get it, if you hadn't won the Super Bowl the year before. 
there's there's two things to that, George. Not only did he win the Super Bowl the year before, so he said, screw it. Like, what do I have to lose? Patrick Mahomes wasn't playing. If I lost because Chad Henney threw the ball at Tyreek Hill's ankles and it was a bad throw, they're going to blame the fact that Mahomes got hurt, not Andy Reid's play call, right? I mean, exactly. now, like, I mean, Andy Reid, I feel like, is probably becoming an even better coach this year now because of the fact that he got that Super Bowl off his chest. And mm-hmm. that happens, you know? I mean, I'm sure there's coaches that, you know, the Pete Carroll's of the world, the Bill Belichick's, the... Mike Tomlin, even right when you won that one Super Bowl, you're kind of good. You feel like you feel like I can make these decisions without it being whatever decision I make is fine. Like I've been to the promised land, you know. That's how I feel too. Completely how I feel. Yeah, and I think, but George, I think that's that goes back to my point of that third and eighteen by Kevin, or not the third and eighteen, the the fourth down punt by Kevin Stefanski. If Kevin Stefanski was a Super Bowl winning coach in that scenario, and he's like one play, let's see if we win this game or not, you'd probably go for it, but. When you're not, when you're a first year head coach, it's like way more about the analytics because you're trying to do the right thing, not maybe what you think is. Sometimes, I guess the reason I love what Andy Reid did and I don't like what Kevin Stefanski did is Andy Reid just trusted his gut. I think Stefanski probably trusted the, didn't trust, he went with what's the right call, right? Analytically. And that doesn't always yeah. work in the playoffs. And I guess my opinion. Yeah, I know. It's just high. I, I'm, I'm so against not against i'm with you i like i I would like to to go for it but it's such hindsight man like if you didn't if you went for it on fourth and didn't get it people would be like oh my god why did he go for it he punched you got chad henny there you don't think your defense can stop chad henny like it's just in general there's like no winning in that situation you have to stop chad henny on third and 18 is what you have to do i still can't believe chad henny got it on third and 18 what everyone's forgetting how shitty Chad Henney was. Chad Henney wasn't good. He literally threw one of the worst interceptions I've seen two drives before well, that. Actually, um, one thing I was going to mention was outside of that dirty hit, I think that's the other thing I forgot to mention is, I, I mean, if... Uh, Are we didn't even mention that. Is it the fumble? No, I was going to mention that throw. If the Chiefs lost that game, I think we'd be talking a lot more about that whatever interception that was the punt on first down. I mean, that is not talked about enough because that was probably, I mean, if they lost the game, that can go down as one of the, just the worst and dumbest throws in playoff history. Yeah, I mean, that's probably what Stefanski saw. Stefanski's like, did you see that throw? They're not going to get a fucking first down. And he was right. He, the guy couldn't throw the ball. Instead, he rushed on third and 18 for 17 and a half yards. And then they caught the team. Everyone, the announcers. I mean, by the way, best Tony Romo call in history of Tony Romo calls. All right. Uh, God, I can't believe I'm forgetting his uh, his uh, his partner's name. How am I forgetting his partner's name right Jim now? Nance. Jim, right? Yeah, Jim Nan. Hey, all right, Jim, look at them. Fourth down. He's going to the line. He's going to try to draw them off sides. All right, he's in shotgun. All right, just run the clock down and punt the ball. All right, they're pun- Oh, my God, they snap it! And first down. Like, like no one thought. Yeah, like, I, I, I actually didn't think that. I, I didn't like that call as much as the one before, actually. The one before was much cooler because oh, when Chad Henney yeah, ran for the first down, Tony Romo, like, sounded like he was about to have a heart attack of excitement. Like, Chad and he takes them to the AFC. And then when uh, the chains came out, he he immediately goes, he almost took him to the AFC championship on that run. <laughs> I found that to be much cooler than the last was, one. But you're right. But the, a two minute stretch of Romo yeah. greatness. Yeah. Uh, I think what that tells you about this whole thing, I think it's the last point I want to talk about with the Chiefs because 
you know, well, we're there's a fumble thing later. when it, like well, everyone fumble. is discussing. I mean, if yeah, at the end of a game, I mean, if the if I mean earlier in the game, if that fumble through okay, the wait, end before zone, we get there, hold on, hold on, because I don't, because we're talking about this one thing. I'm not trying to just bounce around for no reason. No, I know. I I want to mention that. Uh, uh, I want to mention what Andy Reid did on that play though, because the fact that. They literally, it was so smart that they, even Tony Romo got tricked to your point about the announcing of it. They all like kind of did that thing where they're about to call the timeout or let the clock run out. And just like exactly. the receivers like kind of got out of position and like the running back kind of like put his, you know, like, okay, we're not snapping. And then they did it not at like the one second, not at the 10, like not at the two second. Like they did it like six, seconds. seven. Yeah. It was like yeah. maybe even six. And they just hit you with the, like the defense probably like all relaxed for a second and then hit you with it. I thought it was probably one of the most ballsy calls of all time, and I loved it. But we can get on to this fumble because I do think, George, it's one of the worst rules in sports after I've thought about it more and more. Okay. That's so funny you said that because after I thought about it more and more, I'm starting to agree with the rule. This The NFL and sports in general are so catered to offense that the defense have one thing. <laughs> that's kind of my feeling here the defense deserves something oh you got him to fumble at the goal line it goes out of bounds all right touchback but my problem is they went and reviewed that play why the hell when you're reviewing a play in sports i know you can't review the helmet to helmet hit you can't in college and you're not allowed but if i'm reviewing for something else and i see an obvious penalty i should be able to call the penalty i'm not saying you should be able to go review every single penalty but if I saw the penalty on the instant replay, why should I not be able to say, oh, okay, well, I know he went to review the fumble. But while I was reviewing the fumble, I saw the guy totally do an illegal hit. So I think we're going to call a penalty here and put the ball on the one-yard line. Yeah, that is what I, I don't think, understand. I think at the end of the day, that 100% should happen because that's some bullshit that you watch a play that's honestly going to basically break the team, right? Like that was going to break the Cleveland Browns is not getting that touchdown, right? Like, Oh, this might break them. And then you're watching the replays ref and you're like, wow, blatant helmet to helmet. And the fact that you can't go out and be like, okay, it was a fumble out of bounds, but there was a helmet to helmet. So we're going to put the ball on the one. The fact that they can't do that is so dumb considering the fact that like, they always have these ridiculous things that they try to review. They always have these ridiculous rules in the NFL. And there's all these crazy rules that they make up. And at the end of the day, you can't review the fact that somebody smashed a helmet into somebody else, but you can, you can give the guy the ball. Um, you can, you can call the fumble out of bounds into the end zone that gives you the, you know, that gives them the ball at the 20 yard line. So I think, it's like an absolutely ridiculous thing that they can't do that. I think it's ridiculous that you can't review very bad missed calls, but you can review the ones that are just allowed at the moment. So at the end of the day, I'm not a big fan of that. And I think that um, the NFL needs to work on that. I mean, it's not the, you know, it's not, I hate using the word fair because who cares what's fair and not fair, but it is not a fair rule technically that you're not allowed to review something as bad as a helmet to helmet, which is one of the biggest rules in the NFL, but a fumble that goes in the end zone almost was a touchdown can be called a touchback to the other team where if he fumbled it on the one yard line, it would have been 
at the one yard line. That's what I don't get about the rule. That's what I don't like about it. But we'll talk about it more here when George is back. I know we have lost George for a minute too. He's looking like he has some Wi-Fi issues. That's how it is in 2020 and 2021 now. 2021. That's a tongue twister. Um, it's been like that these last couple, these last two years, I guess, is people are doing everything remote and virtually, so we don't have as good of internet. Um, but I know before we finish talking about that rule, because George might want to say something here about it, it, my biggest thing about that rule is the fact that you have a situation where you can review little things in the game, like a 10-yard catch out of bounds, but you can't change a call based on a helmet-to-helmet, which is one of the more illegal hits of the game. I do find that quite ridiculous. Yeah, it, it really is, man. Um, <laughs> there are so, so many rules I just don't understand. It's like such common sense to how you can – I can go look at the replay, but I couldn't see the obvious thing. It's like in basketball too. Now, Well, now you can review fouls, but like imagine like you go to see if it's an out-of-bounds call, but you see the guy getting slapped right in the face, and that's why he dropped the ball out of bounds. It's like – well, I know, I know it's out on him, but the reason it's out on him is because he got punched in the face. Yeah, that's why, I mean, I think it's a really simple solution for the NFL. I mean, you could sit, just tell the refs, hey, when you're reviewing a call, if you completely blatantly miss something else, just change it. Like, we'd rather have the integrity of the game rather than just the integrity of the call. That's the problem. They're so focused on the, like, integrity of the call and not on the integrity of, like, the result of the game, right? Like, Totally agree. And last thing on the fumble, George, that I wanted to say is, I hate the rule. I know you're saying favor the defense. Like, who cares? At the end of the day, if you fumble the ball on the one-yard line, you get the ball on the one-yard line. But you're telling me because you were even closer to a touchdown, you did an even better job. So he could have just thrown the ball out of bounds with the one, be like, my ball. Or you're you're even better where you fumbled it, like – you fumble it one inch forward. Now it's the other team's ball at the 20. Our good friend Thomas said in a text, and I think this is the best part, the best thing I've heard for this rule, it should be the team that got had the ball, their ball on the 20. You get pushed back, but you get the ball back because it makes no sense, George, in any realm of the rule that if you lost the ball on the one-yard line, you get it at the one. But if you lost it in front of the one-yard line, the other team gets the ball. Well, how I about if you're the defense and you force the fumble, but the ball you did such a good job forcing the fumble bounced out of bounds, you have no opportunity to recover it, for example. Okay, well, why is that the truth? And that's the truth at every part of the field. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying, like, do you have to give the <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying. You got yeah, I'm just saying, like the defense, you stopped them at the goal line. Like it's the one rule in all of football that favors the defense. That's where my thing is. Like the only rule. And but like and also, as an offensive player, we now know, like, this is the rule. Like, I don't understand why people reach for the pylon on first and second. And down. I get it on fourth down if it's like, you know, you really got to get it. But, like, in other places, like, just don't fumble. Like, try not to go reach for it. I understand if you fumble on accident or you get stripped. But when you reach the ball out like that, it seems like the the punishment is way worse than getting the touchdown. Just go down on the one-yard line. I guess I agree. I know, but I I, I know in, in the heat of a moment, it's so hard to. I, I totally get that. Yeah, I mean, like you're just running full speed and you're trying to stick the ball out for a touchdown. I mean, nine, 90 out of 100 times right there, that just would have been a touchdown. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I wouldn't have lost. I mean, it, it took a perfect combination of the where he put the ball and where the defender hit it and the dive, and they're both dive time. And you know what, George, at the end of the day, though, what you said I think is more important is the fact that it was a fucking blatant helmet-to-helmet call. And yeah. instead of getting that as a team, you lose the ball and it goes to the 20. Like, you know, I think I think that's overall, where my problem is. Yeah, I, I think honestly, now that you've said that. I think the pop thing I have more of an issue with than the actual fumble call is the is the fact that when you watch that replay, the because I feel bad for the receiver, he fumbled it, but not on a clean play. Like if it was a clean yeah. play and he fumbled out of bounds, I guess I'd be like, wow, great play by the defense. The defender didn't even pop the ball; he knocked him in the helmet. So it's like almost right. like when Patrick Mahomes had got you know knocked out. Like, what do you expect if you if if there's I just don't understand how a ref has to go watch this play and be like, well, yeah, that guy lost it on a legal play, but we're going to give the other team the ball. <laughs> yeah, I don't get it either. Like the other day I was watching a soccer game and I, I thought their VAR was so cool because they're reviewing a penalty, right? And so it was a penalty. The team was like, oh, cool. We're about to get a penalty kick. But then when they were reviewing the penalty, they noticed that the reason that team even had a ball, the ball was because there was a penalty when the guy like took the ball from the other team, like kicked the guy illegally in the chin shin so instead they went back they went back and gave the other team the ball a penalty kick instead of the team that thought they were getting a penalty kick because it was like oh the only reason they had the ball was because you guys did something illegal yeah and i i don't like if you're like the chiefs right can you really argue that if they came back and they're like actually it was a blatant helmet helmet and you look up and you see it uh like can you argue that no, it would be like even like pass it like if you catch right like okay there was no catch I mean the ref is watching it on replay it's like well there's no catch because the guy pulled him down and it's pass interference it's like no catch I know we called catch but like yeah, what are you supposed to say it? like as a player if it's true you're it's not you can't be like that's bullshit like no that's yeah, actually exactly. what happened like it it just sucks that at the end of the day that play that happened to Browns that probably would have helped them win this football game they probably would have won if if, if Patrick Mahomes still went out and whatever if they had that touchdown, it just sucks that at the end of the day, we have to go back and look at that play and not say that it was the, we have to say it was the wrong call or it was the right call, but they completely missed what actually happened on the play. Exactly. Um, well, George, let's, uh, what was the last game? Bill's Ravens. We haven't talked about Bill's Ravens. Let's talk mm-hmm. about that here quickly. And then we can give our, uh, early predictions on the AFC championship and we'll do our, uh, we're doing our full, AFC championship and NFC championship preview at the end of the week. Yeah. Um, I'll start off. Um, both quarterbacks did not play necessarily good. I think between both teams offensively, there was one touchdown right in the third quarter. I think uh, Josh Allen is stuff on digs. Uh, Lamar Jackson zero in the fourth. Yeah, I know, but there was no tight offense. There was a defensive. Uh, touchdown. Offense, by yeah. yeah. The offenses combined for one touchdown. Justin Tucker missed two field goals in the first half, which never happens. Uh, and Lamar Jackson played atrocious. Uh, that interception Lamar Jackson threw that ended up being a pick six, which really ended up being the game, was absolutely horrendous. I mean, there was nothing good about that play. It wasn't like the guy made really, really great uh, coverage or jumped the route. It was just a fucking shitty throw by Lamar Jackson. And here's the thing of Lamar Jackson. Like, it's time we, like... It's not even 
I know you wanted to compare him to James Harden the other day, but it's different than James Harden. James Harden at least puts up stats in the playoffs. Like I know I don't like like James Harden's body language, and he doesn't come through in the fourth quarter. I feel like but he plays a pretty good game. I can point out games where James Harden looked really good in the playoffs, and I can point out games where he looked bad in the playoffs. I can't do that with Lamar. Lamar is now one and three in the playoffs. But all three of those losses have been an absolute shit show. And that's really where the yeah. problem lies. He has been really, really bad. And does that mean I? he's not accurate? He doesn't look good? And does this mean I think this is going to be his whole career? Not necessarily. But we have enough data sets now where we can say Lamar Jackson is not the same quarterback that he is in big games and big moments that he is in the regular season. And the, only, the one thing I do want to say, like, solace with all this is at least it seems like he gives a shit because you can see him pounding the ground and looking frustrated. Yeah, every, every quarterback gives a shit. Uh, yeah, no, every I know that quarterbacks, but not every quarterback gives a shit. Like there are players in the NFL that don't name seem one of like, the starting quarterbacks that don't give a shit. Did Jared Goff didn't look that pissed off after the game? I'm just saying, like I'm not saying he doesn't give a shit, but you can tell Lamar Jackson really cares. And he's okay, really well, passionate. Jared Goff went to a Super Bowl. I so. understand. I'm not arguing like what quarterback. I'm just saying Lamar Jackson like. When you compare it to James Harden, I see James Harden sometimes like, all right, I give up in the fourth quarter. It looks like he doesn't care anymore. He's just checked out. Lamar doesn't look checked out. Lamar looks like he sucks. <laughs> that's so that's what Harden, it looks like. When did James Harden ever checked out? They just missed 20 straight threes in a game seven. That's because I mean, we saw the good. game seven against San Antonio when he took five shot attempts. Good. Okay. that's Some that would say that he, that's not checked out. That's not how basketball works. You know this. James Harden doesn't just check out. I mean, the guy's trying to win a championship. That's why he's going to a team where he's willingly going to take less uh, shots. All right, we're not making right, this no, about James Harden for no, a second. No, stop. Let me just get to this. He's he's not. He's going to a team, so he's willingly to take less shots to win a championship because he cares, right? So all these players care. I hate the notion that NBA or NFL all players, players don't care. care. Obviously, all yeah. players care, but sometimes James people Harden check out and sure. hurt more disagree i think all these players play hard i think they would laugh at all of our faces if they ever heard anybody say that we check out during games they don't check out they're playing all these guys they're putting like right, go, players uh, whatever i i totally disagree players, with you. i totally disagree with me but i am football players don't check out the nba players don't check out lamar jackson is just not good when it matters the most when the team has enough time to scout him He's just not that good. And James Harden is the same way to me in the playoffs is when these guys have time to scout these players. NBA is different. They get seven games against them. So it becomes easier and easier. NFL, they just get like extra time and scouting and they're not, you know, they know this is their playoff opponent. I think he's just not that great. Even that Titans game. I mean, we're, we're talking about Titans who are historically bad defense this year somehow, because I guess Clowney sucked and other guys. Yeah. I don't know how they became a bad defense all of a sudden. They were really good the year before, but they were a bad defense and Lamar looked decent, but he can't, the throwing is the problem. I think the issue with Lamar Jackson is not that he sucks in the playoffs. I just think that his throwing not being good be, gets exposed way more, right? Cause like he's still on his feet. He still looks pretty damn good at a lot of moments of the game, right? <laughs> he looked like one of those yeah. guys, like how do you stop him? But the problem is as the game continues and when you need him to make a big throw, we saw, you know, just like that moment, as you said, in the red zone where he threw the pick six, that's when you need him to make that big throw. And I think he just doesn't have it right now. And I'm hoping he figures it out because if you can figure that out in the next five years, George, with the legs that he has before those legs give out a little bit, he would be the most exciting player in the NFL.
Yeah, and the point I agree with you there, but the problem is is what you said is he has four or five years to figure it out because if his legs start going, he's never going to be a great enough passer to make up for a lack of being one of the best runners in football, right? Like that's what makes him a good player right now is that he's an average to below average at throwing the ball quarterback, but he is the best running quarterback of all time. You take away from him being uh, being one of the best running quarterbacks of all time, he will not become an effective uh, – he might be effective, but he can't go far in the playoffs. So the problem for everything you just said, and I totally agree, is he only has four or five years to do it. And I hope he does it because I love watching yeah. him play. But, he, but his, his – That's why I said hopefully in the next not, five years. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, his prime is not going to be long. <laughs> Unless he figures out the passing and then he becomes a decent passer, then it could be. But that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, I really hope he can figure out that passing in the next maybe three to four years before he turns 30 and maybe he starts slowing down a bit. Because if he had them both, I mean, but you've seen guys develop, man. Look, I mean, look at Josh Allen in the last two years. You never know. Mm -hmm. Maybe this is a wake up call for Lamar. Like, maybe some, there's something oh, clicks or maybe he just doesn't have the arm. I, I don't know what it is, but. I was it was unfortunate to see him get hurt, but I think regardless if he was hurt or not at the end there, he after that pick six it was over, um, and Buffalo moves on. And I think uh, I I don't know. I, I guess this is a good point to talk about this. Uh, a good point of the, the, to to mention this um, is the fact that well, actually, let me say this. This is very interesting. You know how Buffalo? You know Buffalo didn't throw a pass attempt in the first quarter. I mean, run a, uh, have a run in the first quarter? A run at all? No, not a single. Okay, well, well, they only had one possession in the first quarter too, which was because I think the Ravens had like a seven-minute possession by missing the field goal, and then the Bills had a pretty long possession that ended in a field goal, right? Uh, I'm not sure, but the it's the first time in NFL history that I think a team's done that, and the reason I bring that up is because the, the Bills have been doing that. I don't know if you've like... Mm read into it they've yeah they're, the, the, yeah they're not the hard-nosed blue-collar team that people think when they think of the buffalo bills now the the reason i wanted to uh bring that up here is because we're talking about like we're talking about this bills team that are they're playing against the ravens who a lot of people say you gotta like keep the ball out of lamar's hands and do all this and they kind of did the opposite right like they went for it they didn't they didn't. They weren't running the clock out or anything, and Lamar still wasn't able to do it. So I think it was kind of a disappointing moment for Lamar Jackson. I think this was a, you know, this was an opportunity to like cement some of his, you know, early on legacy and get a win here against Buffalo, and it didn't happen, which is disappointing. And uh, but it makes me think, what quarterback kind of forget Mahomes, Breeze, right? What what quarterback impressed you the most? Like the younger ones, like what, who, who gained the most kudos for you? Was it Baker? Was it, is it Josh Allen? Is it Lamar Jackson? Like, cause Lamar did get a win, but like who gained the most, uh, the biggest like step up for you this off this postseason? That's a great question, man. And, uh, I'm going to tell you definitely wasn't John Wolford. I was going to go, I'll start no. off with that. Um, Jared Goff. No. I mean, if you want to look at it exactly, it has to be Baker Mayfield. Um, I think he ha he has cemented himself as the starting quarterback long-term for the Cleveland Browns. 
And when I say that, we already knew he was a long-term quarterback. But now it's like, all right, could we go far in the playoffs? Can we win a couple playoff games with this guy? And my answer is yes. He's a he he's a quarterback that has taken the step up. He's entered the Lamar Jackson long-term starting quarterback zone, the Baker Mayfield. The, like these guys who were left yesterday are all the long-term answer at quarterback for their franchise. So – yeah, do they have faults? Baker Mayfield has faults. He's not very um I guess Baker Mayfield's very 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 bad under pressure. Lamar Jackson can't throw the ball. Yeah. Um accurately long term. Um so those two guys are like that. Josh Allen by the way also was very inaccurate last season. This year he became one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the NFL. So it doesn't mean you can't change a lot of things, uh, but I think Baker, to me, took the biggest step in this playoffs. He won a playoff game. Um, then he won a playoff game looking good, and then he played pretty damn good last game. He wasn't, like, amazing or anything, but he played good enough to make me think that the guy can compete against – I mean, they were competing with the Chiefs. So, yeah, actually, was I was going to say that Baker Mayfield, my answer is Baker as well. I think Josh Allen's close, but I think we kind of knew Josh Allen was going to be good after what we yeah. saw in the whole Maybe, and season. Lamar won, and Lamar won an MVP. We already knew yeah. he was capable. That wasn't like, it wasn't a really a question with Lamar Jackson, right? I mean, like, it was right. a question maybe if he can win a Super Bowl, but win not like can he win a playoff game. He's been to three straight playoffs. The reason I'm going to say it's Baker by far, and I actually am more impressed with him this week than I was last week is because they went down early. I mean, they were down 19 to three and against the chiefs, that means one thing that means you can't run the ball in the way that they like to run the ball. And remember they have the best dynamic duo running back in the NFL of Kareem hunt and Nick Chubb and Baker had to find a way to stay in the game while them not following what they're used to following, which is running the football. So to me, the fact that Baker was able to have the maturity and poise to get through this game the way that he did and almost pull it out, um, it made me most impressive Baker because I think we almost haven't seen that out of a Lamar Jackson yet or we haven't seen that out of a Josh Allen yet where they've had to come mm -hmm. back and almost do it. And I think Baker you know, almost pulled off the impossible, which to me was was pretty impressive. And it was impressive that he was able to make that comeback without following their standard, which is, ground and pound, right? The, he had to actually step up mostly and make it happen a little more um, than he's used to. And he he did a pretty good job of it. And I think you're right. He's kind of cemented himself as a guy that he's going to be Cleveland's quarterback, whether it's going to bring you Super Bowls or not, like he's going to be the quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. So now I'm with you though. He has taken the biggest step up and um, overall, man, I think the Brown, I mean, that division, if, if the Steelers go out and get their quarterback and Joe Burrow uh, does get healthy next year. I mean, that quarter that has four really good quarterbacks in one division. So not safe. That's going to be crazy. Not, not safe, safe at all. Um, all right. What's your quick prediction? Uh, I got Tampa hey. Bay versus uh, Kansas city in the super bowl. That's just quick prediction. That could change throughout the week. I'm taking the underdogs. I'm going Tampa Bay and Buffalo. Okay. Um, I Tom think Brady gets to haunt the Buffalo bill fan base again. That's sad. Kind of what I'm feeling. Uh, I just think Buffalo is actually still the better football team. I think Kansas City was kind of, you know, coming into this playoffs, uh, as good as they've been, we've everyone's kind of talked about how they've had kind of been slower, right? Like just haven't mm -hmm. had the same. I know they probably would laugh at hearing that, but like they just don't feel the same. And I think with Patrick Mahomes coming off injury or concussion, whatever it may be, I just think they're going to be a little slower than they're used to. 
I just don't think it's their year. And I think Buffalo is going to make it over to the Super Bowl. And I'm, I'm just not going to pick against Tom Brady. But obviously, we'll break this down more um, later this week. But that's my early prediction is Buffalo, Tampa. All right, man. Well, I'm looking forward to it. This is my favorite weekend of the year is the AFC NFC Championship game weekend. So uh, I like it more than the Super Bowl. I like it more than the wild card round. It's my favorite weekend of the year. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I am too. Um, all right. Well, much love. I think that's all we got. Absolutely, man. Uh, hey, man, stay blessed. Stay safe. <laughs> I love it. Like, pretend like I don't see you all the time. I'll see you in like an hour or so. Yeah, I have to come pick up a charger. So we'll see you soon and uh, much love. And uh, as they say, we're the best brothers in sports. And this is Sports on Tap. And this is Sports Radio Redefined. Peace. We'll